From the nostalgic sounds of the theatre organ to the latest digital home keyboards, it's right here on Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstonehome. And thanks for joining me. As usual, we'll have music from the King of Instruments in all its guises, from the mighty theatre organ pipes to digital keyboards and beyond, plus conversation on this edition from my special guest, Elizabeth Harrison, who will be chatting a little later with our reporter, Nigel Milligan. And in a few moments' time, I'll be catching up with organist Nicholas Martin, who appeared in Stockport recently. Well, this is the time of year that sees plenty of bangs and flashes in the air courtesy of Guy Fawkes, so let's create our own thunder and lightning with the help of Brian Sharp at a combination of the Sanford Park Christie Organ, Yamaha HS8 and Technics PR3 Piano.
Brian Sharp on pipes and electronics in the Thunder and Lightning Polka. Another organist who similarly divides his time at the keyboards is Nicholas Martin, and a couple of weeks ago I went along to one of the popular lunchtime organ shows presented by the Lancastrian Theatre Organ Trust at the Stockport Town Hall, where the artist was in concert. Martin, it's lovely to see you again after all these years, and welcome to the programme. I think, like many organists that we speak to, your early influence, some years ago now it's fair to say, was probably the Tower Ballroom in Blackpool, uh, little realising that of course you'd one day end up playing there on the team of organists. Uh, yes, hello Ian, it's a pleasure to be talking with you, and yes, um, it was um, a great honour to be uh, invited to play at Blackpool back in 1980. <laughs> One, 81. Yes, I was only there, disappointingly, for two seasons, but then um, I was poached by a Northamptonshire businessman to go and play at his new entertainment centre that he was about to uh, erect in Northamptonshire on the outskirts, and he, he was installing uh, the Wurlitzer organ from the uh, Paramount Cinema in Newcastle, and that was the big carrot that he dangled in front of me to um, get me to go there. He'd heard me play at Blackpool, and um, I went there on uh, having this big carrot dangled in front of me, and um, I, uh, I stayed there then for 21 years, as opposed to the two years at Blackpool. That but, must have uh, been a, a pivotal point in your musical career, I guess. Yes, yes, it was. And uh, I have to say, you know, it was in, uh, the Reginald Dixon rhythmic uh, style of music for dancing that um, sort of got me really into the uh, the organ scene really and um, my, my dad was a, a, a fan of Reg's and sort of introduced me to the LPs that Reg made and that got me hooked 
And I guess through having that style then at Blackpool, um, that's what impressed Mr. Turner, who invited me to become his resident organist. And it's, it's stood me in good stead, although I've not really been back to Blackpool, uh, only on the odd guest appearance, to because, um, as you know, they've got the team of organists there, so there's not really any uh, major openings there for, for you to do anything regular there anymore. But um, I still do an occasional festival appearance or... Or if somebody's ill, they'll call me if they're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Turner's cl- closed its doors, sadly, in, what, t- 2004, was it? Yes, like correct, yes. Um, I seem to remember. So, so what happened to Nicholas Martin then? Obviously being top of the bill, day in, day out. What happened? Yeah, to, uh, yeah that, was, uh, that was a big um, change to the... Um, uh, shock to the system, I suppose. Well, I, I, it had been on the cards for a while that Turner's was going to close. It w- wasn't due to a lack of uh, success or anything. It was uh, at the height of its popularity when it closed. But Mr. Turner simply wanted to retire at the age of 60. It was as simple as that. And his family uh, didn't want to continue running the business. So all the land was sold and it was sold to a building developer uh, and the rest is history, as they say. Um, And then I was invited to become the musical director at Wicksteed Park, which is a family theme park in uh, Northamptonshire. And I was there for four years, 2004 to 2008. And after that, sadly, it was um, me and a couple of other musicians that performed there. They wanted to scale things down, so they got um, taped music in, um, which meant that, uh, yeah, my days were numbered. So, um, And then, of course, I've been on the road or, or playing mainly in the Midlands, I guess, now for, for either dances or, or, or concerts. But uh, this is my uh, an odd sort of visit north now to Stockport to do this uh, concert this afternoon. I purposely arrange it now that I can spend more time at home because, as you probably are aware, I have two sons who are autistic. I mean, they need my help more, more than ever now. And, of course, my wonderful wife is the main carer for James and Josh. But uh, I do my bit as much as I possibly can. So I'm not as busy as I was, purposely, um, because I want to try and help out. I mean, the, the older the lads get, doesn't mean they get easier to, to look after. And we don't want to put them away in care you know we want to look after them as as long as we possibly can and uh, I mean physically James and Josh are fine um, but their form of autism means that they're severely mentally uh, disabled so um, uh, fortunately my wife has been able to come on this concert with me today it's one of those unique experiences for Marianne because um, both the lads have gone to their individual colleges in Leicestershire and it means that uh, they won't be back home till about 4.30. So with this uh, lunchtime concert today, Marianne has been able to make a, an amazing appearance that's, with me. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> thing for you, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, uh, I'm very pleased to say. It, it, it brings me around nice. I mean, the, the boys, James and Joshua, now, how old are they? Uh, they are 19 around? and 20. Oh, my goodness. That, that puts a, a definite yes, timeline, because yes. I, I remember when they were very, very small. Yeah. Um, that was the point that I think you and Marianne realised that there wasn't as much opportunity support to support. Stuff, yeah. 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 Yes, yep. uh, and as a result of that, you, you set up your wonderful charity, Miracles to Believe In. That's I can't been believe a huge success you've, story. You've yes, yes, three hundred thousand. It's plus? it's over the four hundred oh now. Yeah, goodness. certainly. And um, yeah, two thousand and one Miracles to Believe In was um, started, and um, it's been one huge success story. The money has come flooding in from from the appearances that I've done up and down the country, concerts, dances, etc., and the audiences have been just so overwhelmingly kind to our charitable cause they really have and um, it's been such a success that her majesty 
got wind. Uh, sorry, she was made aware of my fundraising prowess for the registered charity, Miracles to Believe in, and she said, come to Buckingham Palace, I'd like to meet you, and I would like to award you with something. So um, that's what happened two years ago in um, May 2015, I think it was now. And I took Marianne down there with me, my wife, on another one of her outgoing appearances, and um, it made it quite expensive, of course, because I had to buy her a new frock for the occasion. But, um, uh, but nonetheless, it was a very memorable uh, afternoon, Ian. It really for, was. For which and, you uh, got the British Empire Medal. The we British say. Empire Medal. That was the award that Her Majesty uh, deemed I should be uh, given. Yes, and um, yes, it sits proudly now. The medal is on my practice uh, organ at uh, home at Markfield in Leicestershire, and uh, yeah, tremendously honoured to receive that. So Buckingham Palace then, and, and Stockport Town Hall. Yes, I've reached um, the great heights. So that, that must be... Uh, yes, there, and Marianne's there, there must be some the congruency hearts. there somewhere yes, along the line. there is, definitely. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll get a picture and put, put this on our, uh, on, on our Facebook page in a moment, but we're, we're, we're talking today down in the lift, in the, in the bowels of the, mm. uh, the mm. Stockport Town Hall, uh, alongside the world. It's, uh, it's, it's looking in fine condition. Magnificent and, console, uh, isn't it? It is. It's still, I, I remember it. I guess the Free Trade Hall originally, where, where I first encountered it. But, yes, uh, yes, But, me but too. of course, is this, is this, you've, you've played this instrument several times. I have, yes. I played it once at the Free Trade Hall, and it was uh, in that strange situation of being in the balcony, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. The, the, the console. Right, yeah, and, um, yeah. So, very unusual to, to play mm. it there, very difficult to, to hear very well. But, and of course, here it just sounds so resplendently in, mm. in this magnificent town hall. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and the console just looks, it's so ornate, isn't it? It's so, so attractive, it really is. It must be the best-looking Wurlitzer console around. Nick, it's lovely, lovely, lovely as I say, to catch up with you. Yes, all these you years. too, Ian, yes. And, um, and we've neither uh, changed, I mean, we both look exactly well, the same as we did well, in the I, early I, 80s. I seem to have the solar panel look, shall we put it like that, but, but uh, I'm pleased to say that you've, you've still retained I'll your... Ret your, I'll, your I'll, yes, <laughs> hanging on to it as long as I can, yes, yes. Nick, take care. Yes, nice to see you, Ian, thank you. And to the strains of his signature tune, Hey, Look Me Over, Nicholas Martin, descends the Stockport Town Hall Wurlitzer. You'll no doubt have recognised the Radetzky March at the start of our conversation. And once again, many thanks to both Nick and the LTOT for their help with that item. You're in tune with Community Keyboards here on 99.7 FM, online and on Facebook. And I'll be back with you after this break. And welcome back to Community Keyboards on 99.7 FM with Ian Wollstoneholm. For this next part of the programme, I recently visited local business Church Organ World and spoke with its managing director, Dr Keith Harrington.
Keith, welcome to Community Keyboards. It's um, worth mentioning from the outset that this isn't the first time that maybe some of our listeners have come across the name of certainly making organs, but now your banner, if you like, is Church Organ World. Maybe just to, to bring us right up to speed, what's the sort of potted history of, well, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> Well, thanks, Ian, um, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you and, and your listeners. Making Organs was founded back in 1970 and has been a very, very strong company in, in this area for some significant time. We worked uh, with a, a Dutch company in the 90s, Johannes, and sold organs very, very successfully, both the Johannes and the Making. More recently, uh, one of our competitors from elsewhere in the country, Copeland Hart, we, we decided to actually purchase that company from, from its owner, Ernest Hart, who'd founded it in 1960 and run with it for 50 years. And Ernest was close to retirement and it made some sense to us to expand. So we then took on board and had three brands. So it was beginning to get confusing on which way to answer the phone. We were going to answer <laughs> it as making organs, uh, Johannes in the UK or Copen Hart. So we even denied a little bit about this and concluded we, we really needed to just rebrand the name, not, not the organs, just the name of the business. And so perhaps rather arrogantly, as some people would say, we became Church Organ World in 2012. And that, that sat very well. Um, and we put it together a nice logo so you can show the various brands of organ on it. And then just a couple of years ago, in 2015, we actually started selling another brand of organ, Rogers, which is a very exciting American brand of organ, so much more of the American-style sound. Um, so it was then rather easy to slot in Rogers into the, uh, into the fold then and modify the logo a little bit more, and Church Organ World, therefore, made even more sense. But we've not lost the brands, and interestingly, there's a massive growth at the moment, big market development, actually in the sale of making in particular, but also Copeland Hart, actually elsewhere in the world, Australia, New Zealand, moving nicely as is Canada, and perhaps the US. So it tends to be English-speaking countries who like the sound of the English organ. So the brands still, the the names of the actual organs are still valuable to us as well. It must be 30 plus years since I was introduced to the concept of digital pipeless organs. What is it from a commercial standpoint that really makes the business that you're in stand away from or compete, or, or you tell me, with the traditional pipe organ sector? We do compete directly. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, big, the biggest competitors we find are, in fact, pipe organ builders. But there's so much enhancement over recent years with, with the sound. Going back 30-odd years ago, electronic or digital organs, as it became, really were a bit of a, a poor second-rate equivalent of a pipe organ. And, and churches that really simply could not afford a pipe organ might just sort of say, well, go on, we'll, we'll have a dabble. And... And, and bought an organ. It's so much different now. The average person sitting in a pew just simply couldn't tell if the sound was from a pipe organ or a good quality digital instrument. And that's where the main difference has been. So suddenly the sound has, has really led things and led our development and that's what we've really pushed on. And then follows all the really important aspects of customer service, which has always been one of making's fortes, it must be said. So it's just really a change in the business that the organs are good enough to be equivalent 
And of course, the price is radically different. Mm. I mean, I, I can think of a, a large installation we did recently in Glasgow uh, Royal Concert Hall. The price of that organ was a little under £200,000. And that's expensive, and that's a lot of money for people to raise. But the equivalent pipe organ would have been six or seven million. So it's a massive saving. And when we look at simple price calculations, bring it back to this world for the average church, perhaps, of maybe 30,000, 40,000 for a, a very, very nice quality instrument. Again, 200,000 maybe for a pipe organ to be restored. The economics tend to be far more with the digital organ now. And, and if you do a, a calculation over 100 years or something, you can actually replace the digital organ two or three, maybe even four times for the price of what you'd have to be paying for a pipe organ. Because everyone think, forgets you've got to tune the pipe organ, it's going to be cleaned every 25 years, etc. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of money required. But whilst we can compete with the pipe organ builders, there's still a big place for those builders, particularly the high-end ones. Mm -hmm. and, and they will continue to produce some fantastic instruments. And we just have to look at the recent organ going in Manchester Cathedral. An absolutely sensational instrument for the late Kenneth Tickell and his company. So there is room for quality. What's gone has really been the bits and pieces pipe organ builders who really have just not survived, but not necessarily for the onslaught of digital, but from the bigger pipe organ companies doing a better job. I would encourage anybody to look at your website because it goes into great detail about options and costs, which we'll come on to in a moment. But you can even buy things like organ shoes and um, even wine bottle stoppers with in the, in the style of a, an organ stop. How much is it important from your point of view to be a versatile company now? Yeah, you've got to be far more versatile now. I mean, when I first came here in 2004, we were basically organs and that was it. But it was my, my recognition, really, that my favourite organ music shop was, was Wright Greaves in the centre of Manchester. Mm -hmm. They, in due course, with the IRA bomb, moved elsewhere in Manchester and then went to Altrincham. And, and sadly, they closed the doors finally a few years ago. And I realised the average organist, actually, these days, really can't go and browse sheet organ music. So I said, this is easy. We've got a big showroom here. We've got plenty of room and carrying stock of organ music, just organ music only, is not a big deal so we have a lot so it was really a sort of I suppose just a marketing idea initially well organists want to come and see this maybe they'll buy some music buy some organs and let's become a one-stop shop and it works people come in and buy a pair of organ shoes uh, which we import from the states the best organ shoes there are and and suddenly hmm, actually maybe I do need a practice organ they'll have a play or they can come and browse some organ music and have a go playing it now we don't make a lot of money out of these things but it's a service to our customers so when they come to see us for recitals people will come and see us in full knowledge that we're not just trying to sell an organ actually there's interesting things for them the wine bottle stoppers is a great example. <laughs> yes. they're, they're old sol old solenoid heads from pipe organs. We make them to a bottle stopper. It's fantastic. The only argument I have, and I can say this as an organist, is what's the point of a wine bottle stopper? We always finish the bottle anyway. <laughs>
mentioned the installation that, that uh, there at Glasgow, and you have your instruments installed in so many different churches, cathedrals, private residences, the length and breadth of of the, the country, I guess, Keith. I mean, how much bespoke is there in, in a typical installation? It really depends on, on budget and what the real desires of people are. Some churches will be on a very, very fixed budget, and it's going to be they will take an off-the-shelf model, more or less. Whereas other churches, maybe they've got a much greater musical tradition, and they've said, well, we really need to work some more of this. We don't want to stand the model. We want to be able to have, I don't know, a, a, a choir division elsewhere with a swell or, or a West End division or something. So that then becomes totally bespoke. And the way, the way we generally do that in a business, everything that's of the Coat and Heart brand is 100% bespoke. The making brand, though, is we've got some off-the-shelf models, three models currently. So we had the Thirlmere, which is a, a moderate-sized two-manual. We then decided we wanted a standard off-the-shelf model, which is the Windermere, of course, the largest lake in the Lake District, and, and, and that's 45 slots, big three-manual. And then we concluded there was a market for a much smaller organ, possibly for home use, possibly as well for a small church or chapel. So we looked for a puddle in the Lake District and came up with the name Rydal. Um, and, and that's a very, very popular. So that's the three making standards. Anything else you're making is 100% bespoke and customers will fit themselves in where they want. How important is it to have the endorsement, if that's the right word, of some of the well-known organ world heavyweights such as um, Professor Ian Tracy behind the company? Oh, it, it's tremendously valuable. Ian's always been a, a good friend of the company. I, I've seen a photograph of Ian back in, in, in his sort of early 20s. So he's always had a history with us. But that sort of, not disappeared as such, but times has changed. And then I, I, I met Ian probably 12 years ago again. At a, a battle of the organs we were doing actually in Leeds Parish Church. I introduced myself to Ian and Ian said, oh yes, yes, heard about you, lovely to meet you, and was really just so incredibly personable. So I, I contacted him a little afterwards, we'd like to a concert, yes, he'd love to do, absolutely. And that, the relationship really started from there, really. And then he made some comments, actually, that he thought the making sounded really good, but is there anything he could do to help work with us? So uh, we sat down and realised that together we were an excellent team for actually voicing organs. So we don't just drop a digital organ in a church or a home, it needs to fit the building, just like a pipe organ does, or a big pipe organ might take two or three months to, um, to actually regulate and to get the sounds just right in the building. We can do that in a digital within a day or so. And so it was, it was natural to actually formalise that relationship a bit more, so now he is, in fact, our tonal director for, for making it for Copenhagen Heart, and it, it's wonderful to work with Ian, and tremendously valuable to the customer, because a top organist then is really saying, I'm happy to play digital organs, you can be as well. 45 years, I believe, or thereabouts, the name has been omnipresent, and I noticed in your latest uh, newsletter that there's a single keyboard on the horizon, the, is it the Johannes 1? And it would, probably wouldn't look out of place on a pop group stage somewhere. Is this yet another way that your industry is trying to keep up with technology and the, the, the demands? Yes, I, I, th I think so. I mean, it's, it's, we're branching out there uh, um, very much so. It's not nothing we've specialised in, in the past, but we recognise that the, the digital organs, the home organs that's often used on stage, or for practice um, or simple accompaniment of a choir or something like that, uh, are pretty good. And they tend to have a button on them that says, 
church organ and it's a, a single button which has a sort of moderately sounding organ <laughs> perhaps and we thought well we can do it a little bit, bit better than that so uh, an organ was developed, the Johannes 1 um, which, which we now have and has been sold for the last few months now and selling very well indeed and it's very very versatile so it can be used as a practice instrument or actually to be honest it's often been bought by organists who then travel around with it mm -hmm. to places like crematoria where of course organ facilities are very very old or uh, frankly home entertainment organs pushed in the crematorium sound absolutely awful budgets are tight but uh, organists can take their own their own instrument now it's a single manual but um, designed so it can be played as a, uh, with a split coil keyboard with two manuals and it's got our favourite manual bass function so there are three pedal stops on it as well. So a, a good organist can get some really very good sounds out of it. That's just one aspect of what we're doing with the technology. We're doing a lot more now where, for example, we based our company for some time on, on sampling mm -hmm. sounds where we record a very, very high quality individual notes of individual stops of an organ and, and put those together. Well, we now sample the church reverbs as well and the entire organ in some cases. So we, for example, recently, and it's, it's been released in the next two or three weeks, sampled the organ at St George's Church in Stockport. It's a fine uh, Foster and Andrews 53 stop organ. That's been sampled and is now going into the Johannes Live organ, where the entire organ is sampled in its acoustic and the player can play in their house this organ and play it from sat at the console or essentially play it from the, uh, the West End and hear at the actual acoustic in St George's at the West End. So we've, we've done a number of these recordings around the country. We've got Liverpool Lady Chapel as well. There's a number from the continent. We've got an excellent Cave Cole from organ from uh, Paris. We've got a Silberman from Dresden and various others. And this is really the forefront of technology because not only is this, the organ sound change at the push of a button, the stop names do too. And we're using digital paper rather like you'd see on, on, on reading devices to change the stop name so people can see actually what stop is sounding on from which organ. It's amazing developments of technology. Keith, can I thank you for your time today? It's been um, been an insight yet again to find out what you do here in in Shaw. It's worth mentioning, listeners, that we're in Shaw, which is literally, of course, on the doorstep of Oldham Community Radio. Keith, many thanks, and the best of success again for the future. Well, thank you, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Trumpet tune and fanfare from Professor Ian Tracy at the Copeman Heart Organ installed in Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall and the making Thelmia Organ in Holy Trinity Parish Church in Shaw. And you can hear more if you stay with me after this break. Thank you. 
welcome back to Community Keyboards here on 99.7 FM with Ian Wollstone-Holm. And that was Robert Wolfe at the Wurlitz Organ in the Thursford Collection in Norfolk. Thanks to my presenter colleague Jeff Oliver for providing that recording from his personal home collection. The march you just heard was entitled Our Director and was composed by Frederick E. Bigelow in 1895. Well, our community keyboard reporter Nigel Milligan was recently on holiday in Cornwall and whilst there went along to a meeting of the St Austell Organ and Keyboard Club to meet their guest, Elizabeth Harrison. Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. Welcome to Community Keyboards. Uh, it's nice to spare some time tonight to talk to us. Uh, so, well, what a busy life you've got. I have a really busy life. You what do. With, uh, living on a farm and all the travelling all over the country it certainly keeps me busy. What's your favourite type of gig? Because I know I've been reading, having a little read. I know you do the ballroom dancing, the concerts, and so on. Is there anything else? Any other kind of Concert show, I love playing the old, for old time dancing. Yeah, you know that the set dances, the Caledonians, the Mazurkas. I love all the really old tunes. Yeah, that's not to say I don't like the more modern music. I love 1960s. Um, of course, I, I like to play 1960s in my concerts. Um, love playing the big mighty pipe organs all over the country. But I just really enjoy meeting people and the audiences yeah. are all so responsive and so lovely. Well, that shows you, you get your characters coming yeah, across. Yeah, I've yet to go anywhere where I've felt that the audiences aren't appreciative and I really enjoy sharing my life stories. Every single time I play a concert, it's always different. Um, yeah. I don't read music very well, so I tend to play everything from the heart. So I would never play anything the same twice. It's a good thing that, yeah, because it'd be so easy to. I know sometimes when you hear things that are pre-recorded and working to a track and so on, it's. Well, I suppose you know, that'd I become boring as a player, a, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue how to even go about doing that. I just like yeah. to play everything play live, yeah, change the sounds, uh, sort of on the fly as I go along. And um, I've always had it in the back of my mind that if my organ ever uh, packed up, if there was an old Hammond. Uh, at the back of the stage, I'd still be able to it. do my concert, you know. Yeah. But yeah, as you can see, I've got quite a portable uh, instrument. It's the Roland Atelier Combo, which is um, the model is a 350, which I've had for quite a few years. But yeah. I've just changed to the new Stagia ELCO2, which I'll be bringing out uh, with me very, very soon. And that's ultra portable, so it makes life much easier for me to carry Fantastic. it about. Yeah. So you're not having to have a, a big transit van no, full of that's equipment. Right. Yeah. Well, for quite a lot of years, I, I used to use a mini to carry all my equipment oh, around. But when I started running the organ and keyboard festivals, I needed more stuff with me. So I've got a yeah. little tiny van now, which I quite enjoy. Well, it's funny, just that's one of my questions I was going to ask yeah. you, actually. I noticed on your, your vast uh, repertoire of uh, experience and qualifications and so on, <laughs> I noticed you're a HGV and PCV driver. Oh, I am, yes. How, when, how did that come about? Well, when I left college, I trained as a graphic designer. And yeah. Some of the work I got involved sign writing. And uh, I particularly enjoy letters and different typefaces and uh, styles of, of lettering. So I went into calligraphy and sign writing and I used to sign write lorries and as a result I thought I might as well drive these, I'd like to drive them, I'm very practical. So I took my heavy goods licence when I was 21 
and then 10 years later I thought oh blow it I'll do the uh, PCB as, well. as yeah. well so I've got the um, the bus driving license too um, I do have to go into um, a training centre once a year just to keep my um, keep going. qualifications going yeah. but I'm not frightened to drive anything the bigger oh, yeah. the better I enjoy it that's fantastic good to hear well I'm an ex-HGV driver myself <laughs> as well so we're, yeah we're both singing oh, on the same hymn sheet yeah. with that one. just too many cars on the road now <laughs> that's, that's it <laughs> well it's the hours and everything that's involved in. oh having said that six six seven hours drive down here know, today as well yeah so I mean I know we're not touched on that we're, we're at St Hostel Organs and Keyboard Club today I can't believe how much you actually managed to fit in <laughs> fit uh, into at all. so bear in mind how do you when do you find time to come up with new ideas new material it and, is very difficult yeah. that is one thing that's very difficult but usually uh, instead of having a day off I sort of plan to just have a day at home and I listen to music, uh, write out my own arrangements and now that I've got a new instrument to get my teeth into I've got a lot more inspiration and I listen to the new sounds on it and I think do you know I could do this with it or that with it so I think when you do change your instrument it really gives you a boost and you start coming up with new things and it moves you to another level really and you know you're inspired. Well that does actually funnily leads on to another question this is one of my favourite questions I ask every player as a player myself. Uh, if you had to name one particular instrument over all the years you've been playing that you would say even now is still it's got a soft spot in your heart that you really always loved it and it made a, it made a groundbreaking change at that time what, what would you say it was? Well I've got two because if I could have two is that being greedy? Yeah you can go two. for two yeah, yeah. Well electronic organ wise when I moved from Technics to a Yamaha EL90 this is quite a long time ago 20 years ago that really brought my playing on. I just felt that it just felt right when I sat at it. There was yeah. such a lot more on it. Really enjoyed that. And as far as theatre organs go, I just love playing the Bertie Ben collection at Spalding, which is oh, where really? I'm going to do a concert on Sunday. So I'm really oh, excited yeah. about that. So anyway, just one final one uh, before we wrap up. I know you've got such a, a cracking sense of humour, being a northern yeah, lass. I if you had, what's your funniest moment in your musical career? If there's anything that's oh, particular, that's a really funny what, what's a really well, funny you know, thing that's happened? I collect the home pride Fred, the very famous flower grader. Yeah, yeah. And I have a giant inflatable one, which uh, I once uh, produced at a, an organ festival. And the problem was it had a leak, it had an air leak. So I had it hidden behind the stage, and all I could hear was the hissing of it going down. So it wasn't going. As, no, as I was playing, and uh, and then of course I heard somebody backstage blowing it up again, and I was trying to play something quite tricky at the time. <laughs> so that was quite a funny, funny moment. Oh, There's been really? lots of funny moments, yeah. so many. There's never a dull moment. And One particular the road, yeah. uh, concert engagement, I actually drove my tractor in. Oh, really? and I turned up on a tractor and drove it into the concert as it was announced. So that was that was up at Blackpool at the Norbreck Castle Hotel. Oh, really? I drove the tractor in when I was announced and drove it out again. So yeah. uh, so that was quite a memorable. I moment. hope it was through the door. <laughs> yeah, through the door. Through the door. Yeah, yeah. along the front row of seats though as well. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so uh, so obviously uh, coming up for the future, we've got a new instrument to look forward yeah, to. I so can't uh, wait. so I, I, I look forward to hearing that yeah. myself as well. So uh, anyway, thanks again for your time. Thank you.
House of Dreams, played by Elizabeth Harrison, and my thanks once again to Nigel Milligan for that item. Well now, as promised, an opportunity to hear in full the composition by Ian Tracy, part of which we featured earlier, simply entitled Aria, and played on the making Thirlmere organ in Shaw Parish Church. Aria by Professor Ian Tracy and you can see that and other performances on YouTube by the way. Well that's just about all we have time for for this edition. I do hope that you've enjoyed the mix of music and chat and thanks once again to Elizabeth Harrison, Nicholas Martin and Keith Harrington. Oh and of course to Nigel Milligan for his uh, reporting as well. I'll be back next time with some more news and music from the King of Instruments. And don't forget you can catch up on facebook.com forward stroke community keyboards. And if you want to get in touch, the easiest way is via email uh, by sending a a message to communitykeyboards at gmail.com. Communitykeyboards at gmail.com. For now, this is Ian Wilsonholm saying thanks for listening. All the best. Take care. And bye-bye.
Visit our Facebook page for all the latest program information. Just search Community Keyboards.